If you had the chance, would you change the world? Welcome. I'm your host, Ebony Gustav, and this is Cooperative Journal, where I interview mutual aid initiatives and cooperatives from around the world who are creating alternatives to our current economic system. The Mobility Factory is a European cooperative alliance consisting of electric car sharing cooperatives. They offer an electric car sharing platform for their members, open source coding to adjust the platform to members' needs, and transparent democratic decision-making processes. As we are shaping more sustainable and densely populated cities, the Mobility Factory is driven to increase air quality, renewable energy, living space, and user engagement. In this episode, I speak with Lucas Reichel about the environmental and societal benefits of electric car sharing platforms, benefits of open source technology, the challenges of sustaining an electric car sharing platform, innovative features on the platform, and the policies and infrastructure needed to support the development of electric car sharing in cities. So, hello Lucas, welcome to the podcast. I see electric car sharing platforms as one of the solutions to mitigating the amount of emissions as cities become more concentrated. So I'm really looking forward to learning about the Mobility Factory. Can you please explain what the Mobility Factory is and how it was developed? Hello, Ebony. So very happy also to be here. Thanks a lot for inviting us. Um, okay, so let's let's start a little bit to explain what is our story. Um, this, it somehow started about six years back from now. And we were a couple of people here in uh, Barcelona, in, in, in Catalonia, and we wanted to do something about sustainable mobility, and we wanted to do it in a, in a cooperative way. That was somehow the, the general, the principal idea, the motivation. And we had a lot of ideas, but of course, when you come down to do something, you have to decide on something to do. You know, we had ideas about uh, minibuses, uh, uh, intelligent things moving around, whatever. And then we saw, we came to the point, we said, okay, something we can do now is um, electric cars, because we really have an, an impact of not, of using renewable energies, uh, not uh, using more petrol cars. And also the idea of sharing uh, the car is, is very important. Uh, you see that one shared car, it replaces about 10 privately owned cars. And here in, uh, in Catalonia, we have the cities filled up with cars uh, parked on the, on the pavements or besides the street. So the impact is, is, the, the impact is really big of these cars. When they're moving, it's big. And when they're not moving, also, it, it takes up a lot of public space, uh, which we do not have so much here. So we thought this is really an initiative on, on, many, on many aspects. It helps somehow society um, to become more sustainable and a more livable, livable society. So on part of that, we wanted to do it really in a cooperative way because there are many initiatives um, to improve uh, the mobility or to, to, uh, for, for some new mobility models. But we see it as a problem that if this is done by big, normally by, by big corporations, so they somehow um, take over all the all the knowledge, all the data, all the the behavioral knowledge. So and, and so it's not anymore your um, your system or your your car. And people also like this in the car. Know that it's really your car. It's something you you own. So combining all these ideas, we came up with the idea of a, a cooperative which offers e-car sharing to its members. So the cooperatives owns the cars and it's open for all their, their members. And that is the principal idea. We wanted to have a very low entry um, that everybody could join us. So the, in, in Somobilitat, we have an entry fee of or a share. You can buy the, a share for 10 euros. Um, then you become a member and then you can just use the cars and you buy as much as you use. That's the, that's the principal idea. 
Um, and then the story goes on. So when we were starting, of course, we, could, we, we bought some cars. We got, we got some funds from the first founding members. They in, invested somehow in the cooperatives, a little bit more than the 10 euros, um, because they were really convinced of the idea. And then we bought some cars and we needed somehow a system to share them. You need a, you need a, we wanted to do it in a really efficient way. So that means you need an app, you need an app, you need a, a, a backend, you need a, a system who handles all this, all this stuff from getting access to the cars, doing reservations, open the cars, close the cars, also invoicing, the pricing, the web page. You need, you need a lot of stuff. And of course, there are there are companies who you can just buy it. No, you can go to a, a software company, and they there are several uh, companies who offer that. But we didn't want to do that because then you somehow you do not really make a change because you just become a reseller of a of a product. So we thought let's let's find some open source uh, software or do it ourselves. And this really didn't didn't work because we saw do it ourselves. It's too much too much work. We do not have the the, the funds just to and, and the time to do that. And open source solutions we didn't find this in this sector. So we looked quite around, and there, there were only really small little projects who were not really on a major uh, status. So what did we in this moment? We, we started looking around and we luckily found uh, an other cooperative in Belgium, which is, uh, which is called Partago. They somehow had the same ideas as we had some uh, two years ago. They already started, I think. They had some cars and they had developed by their, themselves an app to, to share the cars and to and do everything. So they, they really have done this, uh, this step by themselves. And we visited us, they camped over here, we, got, we went over there and we somehow, they were really generous to us and they said, look, let's do this in the cooperative way as well. You start using our app, you help to improve it with the capabilities you have. And once you have invested so many, I think it was 200 or 250 hours in the app, so we will share the intellectual property of this app and it will be of both. So that was the, the, the starting point, let's say. And we started uh, working on this app as well. For example, we did all the translation to, to Spanish, to Catalan. Uh, it, all, it was already in English and in Dutch, of course. Here nobody, nobody speaks Dutch. And also we did a lot of adaptions to somehow make it usable in our way of, of doing the car sharing, a lot of different, different ways. And also from the beginning, we already stated that, of course, this is great to do this collaboration between two organizations, but we, we should not be only two, we are still too small. So to really build a great system, we need to, we need to be more. You need, a, you need a critical mass of users to be able to, to support this financially, especially financially. And from the beginning, there was the idea we should somehow found an, an organization to to take care of that. And yes, this was about four years ago, let's say, and then two years ago, end of 2018, uh, we really, we were thinking for quite some time how to do this. We came up with different ideas. Shall we do a federation or just an, an open source project? And then we thought, no, we really need, we need a company to handle that. It's, it's a lot of work because you need to develop it. You need to, uh, maintain the servers, there is hardware associated which has to be built in the cars. So this is not just a, an association, it, it, you, need to, you need a company. And then we thought, okay, let's do a company, but let's do it again in the cooperative way. So we, we set up a new company, a new cooperative. It's a, a cooperative according European law. And the members of these cooperatives the first members, of course, were Partago and Somobilitat. And we already had some other cooperatives using also our system. So we started already with uh, eight member cooperatives in 2018. And these cooperatives were a member of the Mobility Factory and the Mobility Factory somehow also a second level cooperative. And yes, there were members from, from Belgium, also from the Netherlands from Germany and then from Spain. 
and yes, here we are. This is this we call the Mobility Factory SCE, which is a cooperative of cooperatives, let's say. Very interesting story, how it ended up developing from two co-ops to now. How many are part of it? Now we are 12, 12 cooperatives. 12. And you were saying that members um, pay 10 euros in shares. Do members just include those member co-ops or also users of the application? Um, the 10 euros are the members to become members of Somobilitat, of the of the local cooperative, let's say, in, in Catalonia. But this depends. Each cooperative does their own business. Huh? So I think in Partago, the members pay 500 euros to become member. So every every cooperative has its complete own way of, of, of doing business and then what tariffs they want to have, what cars they want to buy. So it's not, it's really only a, somehow a, a service cooperative, which we are, we support them with the IT, with the, with the application, with some, we share information between, between all of them. And for them to become, for the, for the, let, let's call them local cooperatives, no? And we know what we're talking about. So for the lo local cooperatives to become member of the mobility factory, they also have to buy four shares and we each share is 1000 euros. So they have to buy, buy four shares of, of 1000 euros. And then they become member of the mobility factory and also co-owner, let's say, of the software. Yeah, so you already started speaking of some of the benefits for the members, but can you also explain some of the benefits um, of having complete control over the coding? Um, of course, yeah, they are the, you don't have your, your co-ownership, of course, you don't have the complete control anymore, um, but there are different aspects in that. Um, often when you use service of, of big companies, they sometimes change whatever they want. So they can change the, the rules, they can change the, the, the pricing model, you completely enhance of them. And even more important, they somehow have all the business knowledge of your business. So the most valuable knowledge uh, is somehow externally, uh, you, would, you would never allow this for a uh, for a normal business, let's say, to, to happen, no? But uh, yes, if, you, if you're based on, on uh, if, you, if your business is based on the software of an external company, this, this tends to happen. And another aspect is, um, we often find somehow two kinds of, of relationships in, in the software. Or you have your own developers developing something ex only for you, then you exactly have what you want. But of course, you have to pay everything by yourself. You have to pay the maintenance. Uh, it's really expensive. Or you just buy a uh, an, an standardized product and then you buy what you get. There is no more. It's very difficult to influence that there is some change. And we have somehow a middle a system in the middle way, because yes, we have we have some members. We have twelve different parties sitting on the table, but they are somehow quite aligned on what they need on their needs, and each of them has a say in what we will ne develop next. So we see this as a really important part of our work on, on one side. Yes, of course, the software development, the hard, the real, the real work, let's say. But on the other side, this discussion on what should we do next? What is the most important feature we want to use now? For example, in the last three months, we discussed about uh, to have some bicycles on the platform or to have some, be able to make a comment when you do a, a journey, no, do you want to say, I, I, will, uh, I will rent this car and I plan to go to, I don't know, to this and this, this city. So other members of this cooperative can see where the people are going and they might join and share a car, including, so one cooperative wanted this and then the others comment on this. Yes, this is interesting, but on, we needed a little bit different way. So to, to have this discussion, we have, a, we have an own uh, Basecamp forum to where we only discuss these things. We call it the new feature, TMF new feature Basecamp. And there everybody can propose his new, new wishes or new needs and all the authors comment on these. And then every three months, uh, we somehow 
look at all these things and somehow choose what to do next in the next three months. Okay, let's we pick this and this and this and that, and then then we do it. So they don't have really the control over the software, but they have a real a real influence in in what we what we are going to do. And for us also, our only uh, let's say. Uh, raison d'être, our reason of existence is that we serve our our corporates. No, we are here because we, we fulfill the needs. And but yeah, it's not it's not an easy discussion eh? because not uh, even if we have uh, everybody wants to share cars, but they do it in very different ways. And, and of course, somebody needs that, and then others needs that. Yeah, I'm sure the decision-making processes are not easy, um, but I love the idea of implementing a bike sharing as well as um, like car sharing to farther destinations, which is similar to, I guess, Blah Blah Car, where people can... Have you heard of Blah Blah yes, Car? Yes. I know it's in Europe. We have this yeah, here, yeah, it's in Spain, actually, yeah. Um, so I think that's a great way for not only um, for the local co-op members to communicate with each other, but also for the members of the local co-op to communicate with each other, to create a network amongst themselves. Um, and I think it's so important for the local co-ops to have a say in the new features because they're the ones that are working more on the ground with their community and they're getting feedback from them. So then you guys are able to create um, something that's efficient and meets their needs. Um, so I was reading in your bylaws that the main objective of the mobility factory is to contribute to environmental and societal benefits through the services you offer. Can you share how you all are fulfilling that objective? You've already touched on a little bit of it, but if you could elaborate. Um, I, I think the main ideas are quite, are quite straightforward. We want to have, we want to share cars. Um, also the idea of shared cars, it, it has really an impact on many levels. Also on the, on the behavioral change. If you, I noticed it myself, I, I used to share cars all my life and I had some cars before, but then I transitioned to shared cars. If you have to pay for each hour you use the car, you you always think twice. And so you think, oh, I could use my bicycle. I could go by by train. So you, you really only need use the car when you need it and you plan it a little bit. If you own a car, you have already paid a lot of money uh, to buy it. And the running costs are somehow also there and you only pay um, for the gasoline, which is which is quite quite cheap, no. So this this gives gives a behavioral change in uh, in in car sharing, and of course electric. Also, an important thing is we are from the the beginning we are associated with uh, Rescop. Um, Rescop is a European federation of of citizens movements for renewable energy. So these are also energy cooperatives all over Europe. They're, they're very big. They represent about, uh, I think, 2,000 energy cooperatives or citizen groups um, all over Europe. So we see this also important that sustainable mobility is only sustainable if you use only renewable, also renewable energy. So this is really the, the, the core basic. And DMF is, yes, a, a group of all cooperatives are, are somehow sharing this, this vision. And there are, of course, some, it's not all, it's never black or white. It's always, there's some gray zones, no, when you look at it. There are, for example, now we have discussions, should we also allow cooperatives to join which have mixed fleets? No, they have perhaps gasoline cars, they have electric cars. Uh, there are some, uh, you cannot always do everything with electric cars. And already a gasoline shared cars is a big advantage if you compare it to um, to, to privately owned cars. So these discussions are really ongoing, um, also between the members. Um, these are some, that's, that's quite difficult sometimes, but yeah, as we, as we share somehow the same vision, uh, we, we, we get to it. But also I think we, we are now in the moment we say we also want to support 
cooperatives which have mixed fleets and they they just they trans they make the transition to to electric. So we should not we should also support this. We should not just say, oh, we are you're not uh, you're not clean enough. Let's say so. We I think we should have a flexible approach. Yeah, it's good to find that middle ground. And since, like you said, they'll be introduced to the aspect of electric cards, then I think having the support network would help them with that transition successfully. Can you explain uh, what the benefits of being a member of REST Co-op is? Um, so, yes, we... All our members are also RESCOP members. Um, we ask them also to become RESCOP members uh, because RESCOP has a lot of experience to somehow a little bit qualify uh, organizations to say, because of course we are cooperatives, you have the juridical form of cooperatives, but uh, there are many cooperatives which do not really work as, as function as cooperative, like a member part, open membership, uh, a democratic decision process and um, perhaps you know the ICA principles uh, it's the international cooperative organization they state somehow what how should a cooperative operate that it's really a really a, a cooperative that it's really working in the cooperative way so rescop for the members they really look at them and they they also say perhaps it's not a cooperative in the juridical form, but they operate like a cooperative. Their members have a say in the decisions. They have democratic processes. They have um, uh, the members invest in, in in the cooperatives. So that's they they already have a lot of experience in in deciding that. And uh, Rescop does does great job on um, on advocating as well on really on on European level. Uh, to bring forward and to make uh, that people know about these this possibilities of of citizens' initiatives or energy energy cooperatives, so I think they have made an enormous job in the last last five years to for for new mem for new uh, organizations to support them how to organize them, but also on on political and institutional level to come into programs come into to draft legislations in, in this way. There, there are countries in Europe where energy cooperatives were, were prohibited by law. So <laughs> it was not even allowed that you do uh, uh, trading energy in a, by a cooperative. So, or it didn't even exist as a juridical form. So uh, they're really doing great, great work on that. And for us, it's, it's a great alliance because of course we want to also be an option for all, all these RESCOP members to say, okay, now we're doing energy, perhaps we also can integrate some, some cars in that, no? Uh, it goes hand in hand, energy transition through renewable energy and sharing and, and electric cars. About half of our members also are energy cooperatives who are starting now with, with electric car sharing also. You mean they're doing renewable, local renewable energy, and they transition to electric car sharing? Exactly, exactly. And the other half are mm. only, do, only doing sustainable mobility. Wow, that's amazing. It creates this circular network. Um, and I think alliances are so important for cooperatives to have that um, ability to do peer-to-peer -peer learning amongst each other, especially for those that have... Um, been around for much longer for the newer co-ops that are um, in the in still in the developmental stages. Yeah, that that's really that's yeah that's really an interesting point you are mentioning. Huh? It's it also an experience we are we are having. But already when we started to work to work with Partago, as you both are cooperatives, you are really you're doing the same thing, but you you're not really in competition to each other because. For one side, they're in Belgium, we are here, we will never uh, go to Belgium. But also, if they grow, it's also good for us. <laughs> um, so we share, we, we started just to, to working together on a technological level, but then we, we continued sharing all the other stuff as well. Uh, let's say business plans, how you do the pricing, uh, how you deal with this and that car, uh, uh, how you make the, you member how you make your members use your car more often or 
just to start collaborating on, on a lot of, of things. And we see also that the mobility factory really can offer this kind of space for this uh, intercooperative interchange of, of ideas, of, uh, of best practices or manuals or, or communication things. Just, just, yeah, there are a lot of fields we could develop. Eh? We, could, we could common source, do, do, we could buy the cars Together we would get better prices now or insurances. So there are many. There are many we are only three persons now in the, or four working on TMF. But yeah, we would have a lot of fields to, a lot of opportunities to develop. And this is really unique. The cooperation between companies. I think it's something you can only do when you when you work in a in a cooperative way. Normal companies, they only, they also can cooperate. Of course, they do sometimes some alliances or standardized things or whatever. But it's always um, you do it until to a certain point, no? And you have always these reservations. So uh, that's the nice thing about cooperative. I, I don't care um, who of them grows. It's, it's good for, it's good for everybody. Yeah, and it also takes the pressure off of your roles. Like you said, you're only three members, but then you have all of these other um, co-ops that you can tap into their knowledge. And it really allows for the cooperatives themselves to be more sustainable long-term. So I think that's really important. Um, and so you guys are also a platform cooperative. Can you explain what platform cooperativism is? Um, I, I think they're different. I'm not an expert on that. Uh, I, <laughs> I think there are different uh, meanings of platform cooperatives because somehow it refers, it refers to the Uber-like uh, community of uh, drivers, which perhaps could develop their own, their own platform to serve their needs, no? And yes, we are somehow offering a platform as a as a service to cooperative. But yeah, in, in a way, it's uh, combining how I see it. It's really combining the, the idea of cooperatives, which is nothing new. Eh? There are many cooperatives which are more than 100 years old. It's a it's a, a very a long story on cooperatives. Here in Catalonia, we have uh, really old cooperatives from the from the 20s, uh, still still working. Uh, but yeah, we can combine this old idea of, of cooperativism with the possibilities of, of new technology, which allows sharing on, on a level which would not have been imaginable uh, 30 years ago. So um, really, we can, we can develop common tools uh, to be used all over the world, uh, software tools, also know-how sharing. I think we, we are now much more much more interconnected and um, yeah that I understand about about platform cooperatives and this combination of of the old cooperative idea with with uh, possibilities of of new technology yeah yeah it allows you to um, have a wider reach um, and I see it as like an ethical alternative to, I guess Uber would be like a platform, but without the cooperativism aspect of it. Um, and even the idea of the sharing economy, which Uber is as well, um, and Airbnb, but it's not really sharing with the local economy or with members. Um, it's more so sharing to their investors their stakeholders um and so yeah that's the big difference i see in between platform co-ops and regular platforms yeah so for yes for us this is very clear we have somehow we cannot our benefits or it goes into the product or it goes back to to the members there is no way of of there are no share other shareholders who could benefit from from any benefits on the other hand, this is a big advantage. On the other hand, it, it brings the difficulty that also would be very interesting to know how other platform cooperatives deal with that. Because especially it's very capital intensive no, to mount a, a platform. Um, when you see the commercial ones, they don't even start for less than a million or two. 
So this is a big sum to achieve in a in a cooperative way. You already need money to to get uh, so much money. And for us, it's it's difficult to get to capital eh? because we all the, the we, we cannot have this kind of investors. Uh, our cooperatives also are all member financed. Uh, they're they're yeah they're also growing, but in a, in a, at a slow pace at a, at a, in an organic way. So we have to be really on a it's a difficult path eh? to to develop to be really to have a product which is actual and then with the with the little money you can. You have to do a lot of things. Yeah, I have read that it's quite difficult for platforms um, like Uber and Lyft and things like that to gain a profit. So I am curious how the mobility factory turns around a profit and how um, you're sustaining yourself financially because building an application and having cars is definitely not cheap to do. Yeah, both things are not cheap. Eh? The, car, <laughs> the cars are expensive. Yeah, we thought about have you were, we, we have started in a, in a sector which is really capital intensive. Eh? Perhaps we should have thought before doing it. We did not do the analysis beforehand. <laughs> and yeah, the, the, the cars are expensive and, and the development is, is expensive as well. Um, we, in, in some of that, we are primary the cars we have financed um, by, by members by, by lending us money, lending or just buying additional shares of, of the cooperatives. We, we have both. And we give a small percentage of, of interest to that money. And also the electrical cars, they do not lose value that much. So it's quite a safe investment. So we somehow have the, the best thing to do is you try to buy really cheap cars and then you can sell them some years later for not much less. Uh, they don't really have wear out, eh? the electric cars, they, they work really in a, in, in, a, in a good way. And on the, on the, on the platform development, uh, the first things really were financed by Portago by themselves, eh? by the member contributing also the programmers themselves they worked for really low salary in the beginning or no salary at all just uh, making appointing some hours and we from the beginning we, we did that we, we really accounted the hours we invested in, in the product and at one point also we had that many hours and we say oh now now what shall we do so we also then bought the software from Partago and some of it out so TMF bought the software we had not we didn't have the money to pay it but we, we said okay let's have let's have a debt towards portago and mainly portago and to tmf and now with new members coming in uh, part of these new shares will be used to pay back this debt somehow and if this is a big success then it will be in, in little time it will be paid back if many members join but uh, of course it could take it can take longer but we thought this to be a fair way of somehow renumerating the founders. Um, and also, of course, the new members, they enter, they pay 4,000 euros. It's much less than the, the original founders have invested to, to set this everything up. So I think it's fair that some, now it's, it's 33%. So 33% of the new shares we emit, we use to pay back the, 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 the debt that somehow the idea we came up to to handle handle this handle this yeah that sounds like a really good model and so the members themselves um do they also get a share of the profit at the end of the day do they get a percentage if there is profit um now as we do not make profit at the moment i did not have <laughs> i don't know exactly i think we could pay some uh uh, some dividend according our statutes it's limited also by cooperative law but we could we could pay some dividend on the and i think the you decide then on the general assembly if you have profit what do you do with this profit no you use it to pay dividend you could use it to invest it in uh, in, in in something uh, that's just as any any normal company 
So it's really the idea that it is to be a, to be a company and to have capital and to to do these things like a normal company. It's it's not a bad thing. Huh? It's really it's a way of it's a way of organizing. And we also want to remunerate the work which is done by people. It should it should not be based on on free work on on just on on gifts. So if also it would not be it would not be sustainable on the on the economic uh, scale for the future. So we have really to see. From the beginning, if it, perhaps you cannot pay it now, but at least we we account for it. So then we will pay it in the future if 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 we can. Yeah, sweat equity. Exactly. Um, so <laughs> I think that's especially when you have people that believe in the vision and they can see that in the future there will be a profit, and they don't mind um, putting in volunteer hours. That's a great way for co-ops with little capital to start off. Um, and I would love to learn about some of the innovative features um, that allows for the user to have a seamless experience on the application. So can you share some of those? Um, of course, I think our, our innovative things are really on the there are many car sharing apps and with, with much higher budget. So we're not the fanciest one, um, but we have some features, some unique features. I think we only can, only cooperative can, can use and only cooperative can provide. For example, one nice thing is we have, uh, you can, you can swap, swap cars. So if you drive by, if you problem with electric cars, sometimes is you don't have any battery left. No, so, so you're going out of battery. And when you drive by a car, of, of also of, of the same same cooperative, and it's parked, it's free, and it, the battery is full, you can just swap the car. You park your car there, you you put it in the charging, and you take this other car, and you continue your driving with the same reservation. So this is really uh, we don't use it in Catalonia because we have few cars, but in Ghent, in Belgium, they they use it, and it's really it's the fastest charging you can imagine you can charge in 10 seconds uh, fully a car for full so that's even faster than a, than a gasoline car um, uh, let me think what we also it's important for us as it as you mentioned before cars are quite an investment we do really a lot of our members i have to say do a lot of collaboration with municipalities uh, also with other cooperatives with with worker cooperatives for example and they also have needs they perhaps need a car during the daytime uh, the municipality also often they need the car from 9 to 3 p.m or something like that so we have quite uh, quite um, developed uh, some some group different groups inside the software and then they can use which car so perhaps the car is reserved for the municipality during daytime and in the evening and on weekends the citizens of this area can use the can have access to the car so this is really this is quite this, a lot of these combinations are possible and it's also configurable by the cooperative you don't need a, a programmer to do this so the, the people itself and if, even the some cooperatives they only have uh, part-time workers or it's it's also based on how you say in english um, voluntary work so they you can if your smartphone you can all this do all these adaptions to the system itself so you can maintain the system also from the smartphone um yeah um also also, one thing just to mention to the point before, I think we also have to to go back a little bit to the financial part. Uh, you have to really make the difference between worker cooperatives and, and user cooperatives, huh? because many things of, of this apply to the really to the user cooperatives. So if you if you found a user cooperative, it's really it's not your thing. Huh? It's just a one of of, of the many users and as big it gets as lower is your share in it let's say so it's i it's it's a very special way of starting starting a business because you're starting a business which is never it's only to a small part it's it's your business and we are all user cooperatives in, in the mobility factory yeah well I'm not so familiar with 
all of the features um, of electric car sharing platforms and maybe a lot of our listeners also aren't. So um, I know that you guys also offer an option for a digital key for opening the door, a battery and charging status. And you also have a free floating feature, which I would love for you to talk about what free floating is. Um, so in car sharing, um, there are many, there are many different ways how you how you can share cars. No, um, so the tradition, let's say the traditional thing is perhaps you have a station and the car is stationed there, and you just reserve this car and get access. And the more modern way is you have just cars available in the city or in, in some area, and you just take one, you you drive some distance, and then you park it again. Uh, somewhere else so uh, and then you have mixed uh, mixed um, mixed ways of doing this as perhaps you can you can define a zone like a, like some part of the city where a car belongs to or a block or something like this so for us it's important that the app allows all these different kinds of of car sharing because we have 12 members somehow you have 12 different ideas what is the best way to do car sharing and we have to adapt to this and uh, we allow all this you can you can define freely your zone the zone can be uh, a whole country or the zone can be uh, one garage so you can you can decide this and somehow you have to be in the zone no to return the car after usage and yeah all the yeah for me it's quite uh, all the opening and the closing of the car of course you, we need a solution which is only app based we cannot uh, pass key from one one to another so all this is integrated in, in the app you just go to the car you make the reservation start the reservation open the car and and you start driving very efficient um I love the free floating feature, and I wonder if that would also work for uh, co-ops in different countries, if they have some type of collaboration between each other that if you start in one country, you could drop off your car in another one? Um, it's it's from the big, it, that's an interesting point, huh? because when we started presenting the idea of the, the mobility factory of a European cooperative, we already had this bullet point on the, on the presentation, somehow the, the roaming, no, the international roaming between cooperative members. So I'm a member of a cooperative in Spain, and when I'm in Germany, I just use a car from an auto member cooperative with the, with the same application. Um, it takes quite some time to come to this point. We are now um, thinking how to implement this more on a, on a local level first to have for cooperatives who somehow are in, a, in the same area or in the same country that between them, if they agree, uh, they can use the cars, perhaps not to, yeah, one, one thing is to use the cars of the other cooperatives. One thing is to just leave the car wherever you want. The issue with that is you really need a lot of cars to, to operate like this way. Because if you imagine a big city, you have three cars, you just leave them somewhere. Uh, you look for a car and you ne will never find a car close to you. So you need a high density of cars. And, and normally this only works for bicycles or or motorcycles, who, which, which you can imagine 10,000 bicycles in the city, but yeah, just to buy 10,000 cars, uh, Mercedes can do that, but not so many, <laughs> not so many else. And for that reason, yes, the, the, the real, the, and the European free floating, it would be really, when you look at it from a investment point of view, yeah, it's far, far away from what we can do. But this intercooperation this cooperation between cooperatives, uh, we really like this because it's also something only cooperatives can do. For a company, it's much more difficult to allow it. And, and we are working on that and on all levels because the technical one is, is not the most difficult. It's also on the, on the, on the invoicing, uh, on the, you have to have the contracts right, who is allowed to use which car. If you have an accident, what happens? Uh, you have coverage by insurance. Uh, so there is a bunch of non-technical issues. Uh, I think the boundaries are even even higher there, but um, we should go there. And also if you imagine 
for a new member to join. If we, once we have this set up, all in some countries or all over Europe, it would be much easier for a new member to join because insurance is already solved. Uh, yeah, you can imagine, uh, you just can even start with very little cars and you have access to others. So that's a, that's a really nice vision for the cooperation of cooperatives. Yeah, well, you touched on some of the challenges of sustaining the and developing the co-op, um, but can you speak on any more besides um, communication and financial difficulties? Um, yeah, one, I think the most important thing you have to take care of, um, the idea is always it's very easy. Yeah, we just do one common product and we share the cost and we benefit all of it. But uh, don't forget that uh, there are a lot of human beings involved <laughs> and we are, we are all complex, complex things. And especially as we're doing this on a European level, we have quite big, big cultural differences also between countries. So somehow it's, it's quite a challenge to it's already a challenge in a, in a group of 10 people to find the common common solutions and find common agreements. So if you have a, a group of 10 cooperatives, which each of them is consisted of a board and of members and have the decision processes. And so then you have to find the consensus between all these, these 10 groups. And it's quite a, it's quite a, it's quite a challenge, but also it's the, I think it's one of the most interesting parts of, of, of what we are doing to finding ways how to how to come to agreement how we how we lead or how we manage these discussions uh, this this these finding processes that we that we come to agreement so yeah i think this is at the same time the most difficult part but also the most the most interesting one in some way yeah i think that is definitely um one of the main difficulties of cooperatives is people dynamics and decision making. Um, and yeah, and coming to that common ground. And I, and like you said, it's, it's a very interesting um, process to go through because you learn a lot about yourself as well. Um, and yeah, and just dealing with different personalities. And you you learn also we are so we are so used to just uh, being consumer or being producer of something uh, or selling we're we are very used to always sell or buy and only doing one thing at a time or you're buying or you're selling so and being in this in this intercorporation thing we're doing the same thing at the at the same time at, we are owners and we are buying and we are selling also for example so mobilitat is selling uh, my workforce to the mobility factory. It's buying the service from the mobility factory and it's investing in the mobility factory. So it's an owner as well. So, and then you somehow, you, your own mind, it somehow switches. No, now I'm buying, I want to have a better product for a cheaper price. Now, now I'm selling, I want to have a good price for my, my workers. So you always have to remind yourself uh, let's look at it at, as at a global perspective. Let's just find a fair way of sharing uh, uh, the, the costs between all of us, and, and that's it. And there is no, um, there is no this kind of negotiation of, of we just can, we just don't need to do that. But you, very often you just fall in one one of the two categories, and then you behave in this chaos. Let's say like this. That's a very good point um, that, yeah, we, from being in school, from primary school, we learn to just be consumers from the advertisements we get to um, being an adult and um, also being advertised things that we don't even think we have the desire to have, but it just, um, it like, they use all this like subconscious programming and things for us to um, have this desire to consume. And they don't teach us how to be owners or how to be producers because um, the system essentially just wants to sell us things. So it's, it's 
it's also difficult for people joining a cooperative to completely have that mind shift. It's like relearning, unlearning and relearning um, between each other, a new system. Yes, and, and you have to do everything. We embody all these roles. And you have to do everything at the same time. Huh? And also, yes. it's, it's then not an excuse to deliver bad software. You still have to. <laughs> so we really, you have to be careful on, 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 many, on many levels. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a challenge, <laughs> definitely. Mm. Um, so I know in the U.S. that a lot of the electric car sharing services dissolved due to high operational cost and complicated logistics and not enough demand um, to balance that out. So I'm curious, how does the mobility factory plan to maintain economic sustainability and increase user engagement? Um, so this is not the direct uh, task of the mobility factory. It's the task of our members, no, because we somehow only provide uh, uh, the technology and, and uh, the apps to our members, and they really have to take care of the business of uh, how much our cars are rented. Is it really feasible? But I can say, uh, because yeah, I'm also in close contact with our members, and I'm a member of some mobility. Uh, yes, it is. I understand these companies. Huh? It's a difficult, it's a difficult business. Uh, you have high running costs, um, especially this year with Corona. We had several months where uh, the usage dropped down to to zero. We had quite some lockdowns here in in Spain. Um, so it forces you to really find very carefully which kind of usage models works. Uh, I mentioned this before, the, the, the collaboration with other companies, which municipalities. Um, also, electric car sharing, it works for some kind of, of geographical areas. It, it works mainly in mid, from mid-sized cities on. If you have a really small city with very few people, they, they need the car for everything. There it's difficult to do uh, an electric car sharing. It's, it's, I would say it, it, not, it does not really work there. But yeah, in, in mid-sized city where you start having people without owning, they don't have an own car. So then it's really, there it really works. Uh, you have in, in mid-sized sufficiently dense, dense cities. And in the future we see you have to be very creative. Huh? You have to, yes, collaboration with, with other cooperatives or companies, uh, for example, combining also needs. Now we're we're thinking of mobility hubs to include bicycles, to include uh, uh, share perhaps also drop off areas for goods. Um, so you yeah, you have to be creative. Uh, it's not just like that, that you put an electric car somewhere and, and it works. It has to be embedded in, 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 the, in the ecosystem of the, of the area. And perhaps this is also a chance for cooperatives because a co uh, Perhaps uh, companies do not have the patience to to make this growing, this process. And also in some that we see us as an association of local groups. Somehow we have in each town, we have some local groups who somehow take care of their, their activity and, and know the local partners and they know with whom to collaborate and what makes sense and what does not make sense. So, as TMF gives the tools on the, to the local cooperatives, we in Catalonia here want to give the tools to the really the very local cooperatives that they can organize their mobility in in a better way. But yeah, it's a it's it's a challenge, and um, yeah, sometimes we think about it could be easier with gasoline cars eh, because the costs drop quite a lot and you have less logistics because charging stations and all this adds up. But um, I, we also see that this is also a, just a transition which we have to make. And some, some years from now, that will be no question anymore. And it will be much easier with, with electric cars. The first electric car we bought four years ago, uh, 
it was really the people, they said, well, you, you, you dare to drive electric cars. We had to get tossed away because we ran out of battery and we didn't find charging, charging point. So we had to call the, the emergency line. Um, so now this changed already dramatically. Now electric car is something completely, completely normal. Uh, not everybody has one, but nobody looks around if you drive by with an electric car. So it's also interesting how fast things change. Yeah, exactly. I believe that when you're pioneering something, it's it's very difficult in the beginning because obviously the infrastructure and the policies and all of these things have to catch up to you. Um, so in the beginning, it's like, is this even worth it? But once you stick with it, then um, it becomes more of a norm. And... I also really like the idea of the mobility hub. And I think um, maybe even integrating like cargo bicycles could be good too. And that could be the drop off point for goods. And then um, the people that come to pick up the goods, they learn about these electric car sharing services. And that can help to increase the audience as well. Um, but speaking of policies and infrastructure, I would like to know what you believe uh, needs to be implemented in order to support the development of electric car sharing in cities. Um, yeah, we, we have, it's a very important point and we often, as we are somehow entrepreneurs, we forget about this point that there could be policies in place who just uh, uh, support some kind of development. Um, it's quite uh, easy. We need we need parking space. We need charging infrastructure. Uh, some cities are doing great things, but many many don't. So this would be an enormous help to to e-car sharing cooperatives. If if a city just would say, okay, we have uh, ten places at the station, ten places there, ten places there. Uh, who wants to, or you can apply for occupying them for some reasonable amount of money. That would be, even if you have to pay for it, huh? it's it's very difficult to find uh, suitable parking spaces which are accessible and uh, equipped. And if you need also light in the night that's, that you feel safe to go there. So it's a challenge. I think there a city could, could help a lot. And then also we just, for example, we just have normalized the idea that it's free to park your car wherever you like on the on the city or in some places it's still it's still this idea. Uh, just uh, just don't let's stop to use the public space for this kind of mobility. Use it for some other things. Eh? Make bicycle lines. Make uh, more place for pedestrian. Uh, we could we could uh, dramatically change change cities. When I bring my kids to school, uh, I have one meter to walk. There is two meters for parked car, six meters for street, other two meters for parked cars. And then there's again one meter for people walking. So you really are packed uh, together when you, when you want to walk. And, and for the cars, they have an enormous amount of, of space, occupying public space, which is just, a, it's a privilege, which in my, opinion it's not really justified and it's it's a privilege for quite a few yeah no quite a lot of people but just just for the car owners and it's it's not fair in a way so i think this this concept have to change but it's not only policy it's also really much a, a societal change which has to happen and it will need some time because many many people they just think it's just their right to park the car for free in the street. So if you're taking this right away, they feel they feel bad about it. And they have to learn that this is not a right. This is just a, a privilege now <laughs> that they're having now for free. So this is a process and that, that will take some time. So we're talking with the municipalities and they see it the same way, but they say, oh, we don't dare to implement that <laughs> just like this. <laughs> so it will it will it will take time. Yeah, I'm thinking that 
maybe there should even be like a higher percentage of a tax or something on gasoline cars when they park um, that you have to pay more if you decide to park in a parking space and you have I don't know how they would regulate this but um, and then you could pay a cheaper price if you have an electric car to encourage people to um, transition to electric and and yeah and cities are really not so pedestrian friendly even though it's filled with pedestrians. Um, it feels like the cars have really taken over the spaces. Um, and I'm also wondering if in the localities that you're involved with, if the government provides um, some type of like subsidies and tax breaks to um, electric um, car services. This really depends on, on each country and each, even each region. It's, it's very, very different and it changes a lot, a uh, lot in time. Yes, there are incentives to buy, to buy electric cars, but yeah, it's huge differences what is happening in Germany, in Belgium, in, in the Netherlands or, or in Spain. Um, yeah, also, let's say we're not, um, also to point out, an electric car in itself, it's also not a good thing. Eh? It needs a lot of energy, it's a lot of uh, precious material to build it. So to, to really finance it, I don't know. Eh? We just should have real costs on everything. So also on the electric cars, and then, but, but also on the gasoline cars. But it, yes, mobility, it's really, it's a very complex topic. There is also the, the social aspect on it many many people with not so high incomes they need their car to to, to commute uh, these are mainly gasoline cars if you just start charging them with taxes it's also not perhaps the correct way to do it um, yeah it's it's a complex it, it's a complex issue there are no there are no, no easy solutions um, but uh, it's clear we have to go in a direction of a more that the price we pay as a society for the mobility we have actually uh, in terms of pollution, in terms of accidents, in terms of public space we need to do this is just, it's really not justifiable, I think. But how to change this? Uh, I think electric car sharing is one part of it, but of course there are many others. Uh, public transport also is extremely important. And yes, uh, doing more things with bicycles by feet. It's, and you can change all, and it's it's retro element. Uh, it it is somehow re. It, it's positive feedback loops. Now, if if more people use a bike, uh, traffic gets slows down. Uh, it's less dangerous to take a bicycle. So you decide to take it also. I re I remember going with the bicycle during the the lockdown with with my kids, and there were no cars nearly on the streets, and it was really a, a life changing experience. Huh? They, <laughs> since then we just use the bicycle again yeah i've also noticed that um during the pandemic that streets have been a lot more pedestrian friendly but you raised a really good point that it's not just gasoline versus electric cars it's um cars in general are quite a dilemma just the the density of them in cities um so yeah so how can we create a more efficient public transportation, um, more bicycle lanes so that cyclists don't feel as threatened by cars, um, which I think some European cities do that really well, like Copenhagen and Amsterdam, I think are very um, friendly to cyclists and pedestrians. Actually, I see, I see them being more friendly to cyclists and then it's pedestrians and then maybe cars. Um, but I would love to know how you envision a changed world. I don't know. Eh? That's a too complicated question. <laughs> um, let's do little steps. That's what we can, what we can do. Let's leave, leave the vision to the, the visionists. But, um, as, as a general remark on that, um, I think if we want to have, if if we want to 
um, be able to still live on this in this planet in, in some decades. Uh, we, we need a profound change, uh, which is not only mobility and it's not only just using solar energy. We, we will have to transform as our economic model and our society in, in, a, in a profound way just to, to find a, a more efficient way of of living on this on this planet and yes sustainability is is a, is a big part of it but it really needs to be a, a, a somehow a, a global thinking not only for the global as a global but as a, as a society um, because everybody everything goes in it how much hours do we work what do we produce what do we consume uh, how far do we commute to our working places what kind of work do we do um, how we can sustain an economy if the if we produce less so i don't it's that's much too difficult for for me to answer this question <laughs> it's definitely not an easy question but like you said so eloquently it's all intertwined it's not just one thing or the other um and you said leave it to the visionaries but I, I believe we are the visionaries, leaving it to um, the citizens that inhabit this earth to envision something different, to shift their mindsets, I think is the beginning of creating the world that we want to see. Uh, so thank you so, so much, Lucas, for sharing your time and energy with me and for all of the work that you're doing. Okay, thank you as well, Ebony, for this great interview and the uh, great initiative, your great journal you're doing here. I really like it. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I'm on a mission to get these little known solutions out to as many people as possible. So please help me by sharing, leaving a like, and a review. If you would like to stay in the loop about future episodes, please subscribe to the podcast or my newsletter at cooperativejournal.com. Because I didn't say save the world, I said change the world, improve it, make it better than we find it.